Welcome everyone, my name is Jacob. This is Hunt Detail. Thank you for joining me. So a couple topics. First of all, we are at the peak of the rut right now and uh, we are also at the peak of FOMO, uh, fear of missing out for most uh, whitetail hunters. Um, I mean, we're getting cell cam pics, we're getting texts from our buddies with pics, uh, we're getting seeing stuff on social media, uh, people killing big deer, and uh, so it's an exciting time, but it also can be highly anxious uh, in terms of there's a party going on and you're invited, but you're not there. So um, just a, a quick commentary on this. Uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to fill my tag here in my home state on October 1st, shot a nice buck about 10 yards, and it all sort of came together, uh, you know, by executing sort of the plan that I had. And, um, you know, based on those particular conditions, etc. And, uh, but ever since then, I've been trying to fill a tag in another state. And uh, it's been a lot of does, it's been a lot of small bucks, but until last night, when I saw um, a, a bruiser of a buck, uh, got him to about 30 yards, but unfortunately it didn't work out. But we'll talk about that in a second. So, um, you know, if you're looking at the, if you're watching the audio, or I'm sorry, the video podcast of this on YouTube, um, you'll see behind me I have an elk head. Uh, to the right of me on the wall, I have another much larger uh, set of elk antlers. And then in my hand, I have a whitetail shed. And I have, you know, around my man cave space or whatever you want to call it, I've got quite a few other uh, whitetail skulls, antlers, etc. And the truth is, is that hunting is a very solo activity. It's also uh, can be a very selfish activity. When I die, these antlers, these skulls will get sold, uh, thrown in the trash, or you know, given away. Whatever, something will happen to them. They have they have much more meaning to me than they do anybody else in my family. And a lot of times these things are, hunting is done solo. And so I have really vivid memories of killing this elk behind me um, on public land in Montana with my bow. And uh, it was, it was you know, my first elk hunt and it was amazing. And it has changed me for the better, for sure. And hunting is a conduit for a lot of things like that, where a lot of change in your life can happen in a very positive way because of what it forces you to do, the places that it takes you. That being said, what is my legacy when I die? Because I don't want it to be my dad. He was a great guy, sort of knew him, but boy, he was a good hunter. Or, you know, something else. Like, you could pick a billion different things. He, he loved golf so much he was amazing or he loved fantasy football or he loved NASCAR and I don't want my legacy to be that and so in this peak time of fear of missing out I, I just think it's important for us all to have a little bit of perspective about what a successful life is and I know there is this tendency to you know I see memes about it where it's like you know I, I can I quit my job to, to go whitetail hunt or you know, we may want to skip certain things like family functions because of whitetail hunting. 
and uh, or things with our kids. And I just I want to encourage you to have some perspective because you're going to hear a lot of podcasts about this time of year about how to kill your target buck or how about how somebody did kill their target buck. And while those are all fine and good and can be entertaining, the important thing is that um, you have to keep it all in perspective. Um, you don't want your legacy to be that you skipped uh, your kids' sporting events or important events in life for hunting, in my, in my opinion, anyways. And, you know, I want my legacy to be he was the best dad ever. He helped me. He supported me. He's the he's why I am the way I am today. Or he was the, an amazing husband, lived sacrificially, served his family, and uh, you know I'm a man of faith. I, I, I my identity is tied to Christ Jesus, and and that's what I want it to be. I don't want my identity to be tied to uh, hunting or my identity to be tied to something else that's uh, temporary. So. Anyways, just a little bit of perspective here as we uh, are at this time of year. You know, the, 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 the one thing I will say is yesterday, just to sort of shift gears, the one thing I will say is as you're hunting, if, you're, if you are having a hard time filling your tag, propose theories on an area that you're hunting, especially if you're hunting public land. Propose theories. And then work to prove those theories either right or wrong. And work those plans. And for me, it's hunting where the deer are, not where I think they are. And so it's covering ground. It's finding sign. And and then hunting accordingly. Or it's, uh, I bumped a buck uh, recently. And I, and I set up there and that buck came back. Unfortunately, um, I, you know, he... He played me and got me when he came back to that area. But, but ultimately, I think it's important as you're, um, in the, as he's November wanes, to really focus on finding the sign, finding, you know, a, a scrape, a set of rubs, understanding the, ter- the terrain, and saying, you know what, I think that this is uh, how deer move through this area. For me, yesterday. It was a pinch point area, and I, I, I mean, I continue to look for tr- non-traditional pinch points. And, and what I mean by that is areas that maybe um, in hill country that are cliffed out, that force deer movement a certain way. In this particular situation, this pinch point was a bunch of CRP with a little sapling mix where it is very, very thick, if not impossible to get through, especially as as a person. Uh, now, do deer use it? I'm sure they do. And I'm sure they do it, use it during the peak of gun season as a safety area because a lot of hunters don't hunt that. And so when I looked at that, I looked at an area that A, doesn't get a lot of hunting pressure because hunters don't see trees, so they don't hunt it. And B, Deer probably use it in some capacity. And as I tended to focus in on this spot yesterday, I saw things, I saw a couple set of smaller rubs, and then I found, not very far away, but just 50 yards away, a string of rubs on bigger trees that were tore up and an old, a relatively old scrape. And, but then this, this, these series of rubs created a rub line and it helped me find a spot within the spot of how this particular buck 
was using this area. He wasn't coming through the area that I thought he might, but the sign showed me where he came from. And I'll be darned, yesterday evening, this big bruiser, huge-bodied buck uh, came through right at sunset. And uh, unfortunately for me, I think he picked up some ground scent or maybe some weird movement, but he boogered off. He didn't run as if he smelled me. He just turned directly around and did a 180. He did not like the snort wheeze that I, I, I laid down after that. So it was, it was eventful in the sense that I learned something. I now know this area better than I did. And I know that it will be, it will work for me because it doesn't get the hunting pressure that the rest of the area does. And it, and it is a, a unnatural pinch or a less obvious pinch that forces deer movement through that, um, again, that is more subtle, less obvious and my theory worked. Now I have laid down other theories that didn't work and it helps me move forward. And I just want to encourage you to do the same thing as you work the plan and hunt the, um, the properties that you hunt, create theories, have backups to backups to backup. Cause quite honestly, I, this wasn't an area that I had planned on hunting yesterday, but the spot that I was wanting to hunt had a vehicle at it. But, and so, uh, that guy beat me, and so this was a backup area that I had scouted a year before. And so going in there, I had a theory, and over the course of yesterday, I was able to flesh that out more. And now I have a spot that I may kill a deer in this year, but I'm definitely going to kill a deer there next year for sure. So uh, ultimately, best of luck to each and every one of you. Continue to work the plan. Uh, focus on learning everything that you can out there. Think about the deer that you're going to kill next year or two years from now or three years from now. Because as you start to have that long-term perspective, all of your frustrations or failures or whatever you want to call it for this season will start to uh, shrink away. You'll continue to be excited about your hunts and, and less disappointed because you'll start to cross off areas that are unproductive and find areas that are going to produce in the future. Please like and subscribe, share this with your friends, and, and best of luck, and uh, thanks again for joining me.